Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How are you two doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, Maya? Uh, I'm, I'm not bad. I'm a little chilly, but uh, not bad. You know, that's that's going to be my answer. Uh, for the foreseeable future, we're in the <laughs> winter. We're in the winter in the mountains of Virginia, and it sucks. How are you doing, Greg? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, really, really having fun with the uh, the third season of Fall Guys, which came out yesterday, and it's uh, all the maps are so far are really fucking fun. So, I'm, I'm, oh I'm, yeah, we spent hours playing on them yesterday. Me, you, and uh, me, uh, you, and uh, our friend Andy, and. Keith briefly. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, for anybody uh, wondering, today we're going to talk about uh, Mandalorian episode 7 slash chapter 12, however you want to address it. Um, chapter bro, 15. I did, I did write 15. It still said 12. Don't understand that. I, well, thanks, Brain. Appreciate that. Do your fives look like twos? No, no, because I typed it. <laughs> That's some serious yeah. dyslexia. Oh, I don't know. I like I. I don't know why I did that. There was no discernible reason. There's no two on my screen. <laughs> There's no. I don't get it. anyway. Um, but also, I have a couple topics I want to bring up. Uh, the 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 first one is it has to do with the game awards. We'll get there. Um, I'm not going to go through everything or everything they announced. I just want to bring something up and get your guys' opinion on it. Uh, but the other thing I want to talk about is that Disney announced everything coming to Disney Plus and the movies that they have releasing uh, for the next like three years. So I kind of wanted to. Yeah, it was a that. shit ton. Shit ton. Um, metric so, shit ton. A metric. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into uh, Mandalorian. Oh, well. All this right. Episode, this episode was fun as shit. <laughs> this episode was a lot of fun. It featured a return of, of, of the character Miggs Mayfield. Uh, played by Bill Burr, you know, one of my favorite stand-up comedians, and I really enjoyed his uh, his story in this one. Uh, we 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 see uh, Din Djarin in at the end of the prior episode go to Cara Dune, who's now a marshal, so he could track down where Mayfield was, find out he was serving a prison sentence on a planet. And she uses her strings to pull him out for this job. Uh, this job being breaking into a, an imperial uh, base and getting to a terminal to download the coordinates of the location of Moff Gideon's cruiser, where our poor young child, baby Grogu, is being held captive. Uh so this was a lot of fun based on what we got to see. There were, there were quite a few things in this episode that I, I thought were just absolutely fantastic. And, and coming from a perspective of like, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, bringing in lore from other parts of the, the things that basically aren't in the films or some of that effect. So, Towards the end of it, we'll get there with story-wise. But they mention and talk about um, Operation Cinder. Mm -hmm. uh, the primary 
way that we as the fans have seen Operation Cinder is uh, Battlefield 2. Or sorry, Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2. The game that just came out a few years ago. Oh, okay. So that that he when he was talking about how his entire company was wiped out in Operation Cinder, that actually was one of the missions from the game? Yeah. Um, you actually see the the Empire do that, and it was one of the main reasons that uh, um, the lead character, uh, Urso is her last name, I'm trying to remember her first name, but it's one of the main reasons that she defects and goes to the Rebels. Huh. Um, so it was, it was really cool to see that. Um, apparently it's also in like a novel and a comic book. Like that wasn't the only place that Operation Cinder, but it was the first place that we've seen it in action. Or heard it mentioned in live action. That, well, that that's that's something that I really have to give them, you know, credit for because back in the day you had the standalone novels and you had then the expanded universe that came about beginning in the nineties. Uh, but nothing was ever considered canon, you know, unless it happened on screen. That was the rule. Right. Since Disney has purchased the franchise from Lucas, anything published, be it video game, comic book, novel, TV show, or movie, they've tied it all together. And it's wonderful to see that it's refreshing to see that yeah because they they clearly give a shit about the um they give a shit about the stuff that 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 others are making in regards to like this new canon this new overall canon uh like we we've been over this i'm i'm not the world's biggest fan of uh rise of skywalker I think it has a lot of narrative problems, but I'm also absolutely accepting that it is canon. Um, and there are a lot of really cool moments in that movie, like regardless, but uh, yeah. the reason I say this is a lot of people kind of ignore the movies that they don't like, but like my big thing, my big theory about the reason that the empire wants Grogu is it relates to the theme and the plot of rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm that's that's what I mean by I'm willing to accept it and for them to basically say like this is the new canon get used to it whether you like it or not is I'm I'm so fucking 100% in yeah yeah so well, but and Betty what are some thoughts you had about this episode uh it was very nail-biting once they got in there and they had to get in to get the information off that thing. I mean, it was, it was very nail biting for me and, you know, he took off his helmet again. And I think that's, he's, he's having some conflicting feelings when it comes to how he as a Mandalorian should behave. I think. Yeah. Especially since he encountered Bo-Katan mm-hmm. and saw that, there's more than one way apparently. And now that he's been traveling with Boba Fett uh, and here are 
two Mandalorians, one naturally born, one considered, uh, you know, a Mandalorian because his father was a foundling. Therefore, he was, you know, also part of a clan uh, who go without their helmets. And it's messing with him. And we were playing Fall Guys last night or yesterday afternoon, and Greg mentioned something. I think it was you, Greg, or was it Andy? It was me. I meant that. Okay. Yeah. Like in the scenes when he doesn't have his helmet on, notice that Pedro Pascal, he's so disciplined that he does not use his peripheral vision at all. Like, because he's used to having that helmet on, He's always going to be looking at whatever he is focusing on is always going to be looking at it straight on. So even when his helmet is off, he is behaving as his helmet is still on. He's just whatever he is looking at is straight ahead. He doesn't use peripheral vision at all. And I thought that was a nice touch. That's yeah. It reminds me of when uh, uh, the, um, the movie dread came out and how, uh, what was the guy that played him? Carl Urban. Carl Urban, yeah, how he treated that role. Mm-hmm. It's very similar in my mind to this. It's 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 showing care and and understanding of what the character is and and how to play them correctly. And I, Pedro, I absolutely fucking love him. Like, give him all the roles. Like he's amazing. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's really great at playing, you know, that character and others. And I also, I've really enjoyed Bill Burr's character in this. He he brings that comic relief to it, you know. I thought that was fun. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was very much of a edge of your seat episode for me because I was just waiting for shit to go wrong, and and when things went, that was really fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Bill Burr, you know, he uh. When it came time for him to get gritty and serious, he was able to no problem. Oh, and yeah. Just like, yeah, that was nice to see. Because uh, I liked the little wisecracks, the whole <laughs> nice shoes, you know, from last season. I wasn't a stormtrooper wise ass. You know, <laughs> those were funny and everything. I like that. But you get to see some real humanity brought to his character in this. Yeah. And I love that. The, the, the speech that he has uh, uh, in regards to um, that the empire and the new Republic are two sides of the same coin. I thought was, I fucking love that. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I mentioned that to somebody on Twitter. It was uh, Cliff Lazinski was talking about, um, how one of the things he liked most about this episode was how Bill Burr basically references that the stormtroopers are, are, are like outfits are, are they kind of suck. Like he was like, the, the gloves are still wet and the, the, this helmet, like I keep, he wouldn't wear the helmet. Um, and I mentioned to him how I really liked that speech he had about how like these people just want to be left alone. Um, it's the same kind of theme that was sort of in last Jedi. Yeah. Um, and I love that shit because, you know, in real life, there are perspectives on war. There are different perspectives that aren't just like good guy versus bad guy or, you know, team A versus team B. There's a lot of variables that go into this sort of thing. And when 
a character gives that perspective in a fantasy thing outside of whatever's going on. I'm, I'm just, I'm a hundred percent for it. <laughs> some, some fucking nerd was just like, well, I don't. Uh, and I went, you want to elaborate? And he was just like, it's disrespectful to George Lucas's vision. And somebody else came in and was just like, the fuck are you talking about? Like a perspective shift was the entire plot point of the prequels. <laughs> you know, and this is a conversation. This harkens back to a conversation that we have had with Russ on uh, our show on Friday nights on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel, Nerd Life Syndicate, um, about once Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney, whatever they want to do with it is their right to do with it. He uh -huh. has no rights to it any further. It doesn't matter what stories he wanted told or had already told. His interpretation of those stories means exactly squat to anybody else. He can say, well, you know, if you didn't get the dialogue of Attack of the Clones, you didn't get the entire series because it was very uh, to the bone and not tongue-in-cheek and this and that. And, uh, it, actual words that he said in an interview this past week when somebody criticized the dialogue is like, you know what? You can say what you want, but these are open up to interpretation for anybody, and you sold it, so you don't have any right to say that's yeah. what it's supposed to be and how people are supposed to feel about it and that they don't get it anymore. Uh, people get what they get. Uh, I'd also like to point out. I'd also like to point out that, um, and this is slightly off topic, but I don't think that uh, the reason that to me, and when we talk about all the films, uh, the the episode two is the worst one is because it's forgettable and boring. That's why it's in that category. Not because the themes were inherently bad, because it's just a poorly structured fucking movie. Um, mm -hmm. But people will, they, they, I don't know. That's the other, that's the other caveat that I've noticed that I find really interesting is that somebody like Maya, who has been watching star Wars since she, you know, she, she was a little kid. Um, since I was a toddler. Yeah, yeah. Um had it on a Super 8 and watched it in my den. You yeah, you grew up essentially with the original trilogy. And um I didn't get into Star Wars until the original trilogy re-released in in theaters. And then and about that point I was a was a teenager. And um and then I got to see the the uh, the prequels um when they were new and I didn't they didn't bother me. Um, but I did see a lot of discourse from older fans who did not like the prequels. Then now, now I get to see this new generation who are young adults who grew up with the prequels and their perception on star Wars is so much different mm -hmm. because of what their nostalgia means to them. So when this guy screams at me on Twitter about not being George Lucas's vision or whatever like that, and I go to his page and he's just a huge, huge fan of the prequels. It's, it's fascinating in a way. It's absolutely fascinating that there are people that like prequel, prequel lovers do not really like the original trilogy. They don't hate it. But they're, they're not the biggest fan of it. Whereas original trilogy people 
can't stand the prequels. And I think a lot of that has to do with theming in both of them. They're structured differently, but also nostalgia. So, sorry, slight off topic, but I just, I found that to be fascinating that both original trilogy fans and prequel trilogy fans are not the biggest fan of perspective shifts when it comes to characters. Bill Burr giving this speech turned off a lot of people who are hardcore fans of either the original or prequel. Um, and I think that speaks volumes on how George Lucas made the, the franchise. I think it speaks volumes on stuff that you've talked about, Betty, with like the original and prequels being kind of sexist. Yeah. You know, these people aren't going to see this really cool, intelligent take on Star Wars. They're, they're just going to be totally turned off by it. So, um, but kudos to John Favreau and everybody at, at making the show that you can give that perspective shift and put it in something that people still are going to watch and love. Like nobody's going to sit there and be like, Oh, I'm not watching the next week's episode of Mandalorian because Bill Burr had this speech. Like nobody's going to do that. But the fact that it's in the show now, like people can't deny it. So that's what makes me happy. <laughs> that was a uh, long diatribe for a point that was made. I, I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, again, I get it. You know, and, and art is very, and this is art, you know, films are art. Yeah. It, it's a different way of telling a story. It's an art form. It's when you do any type of art, you have to understand that no matter what meaning you might have behind it, the general populace might take it a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And they have that right. You know, because when you create art, it doesn't really belong to you once it goes out into the general populace. It will be taken, it will be molded, it will be rebranded for what the people want it to be, what it says to them. Right. You know, and that will change throughout time based on our society. Yeah. I Like I said, I'm a big fan of perspective shifts in my stories. I'm a big fan of like, we get, for example, it would be fucking awesome to see the entire Harry Potter franchise from the perspective of a character that was not involved in any of it. Oh yeah. One of my favorite comic books of all time is called Marvels. And it's the perspective of a fucking news photographer during all these major Marvel events that happened over the years. That's awesome. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it and that catches a lot of people because it, it feels more real. It, it's more of a perspective, you know, you as an individual reading the story or watching the story also has. You're both kind of outsiders and it's very curious, to, you know, I'd love to see what other people in the Harry Potter world were up to while this little shit was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, what did y'all think about this? Because I would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I just wanted to praise the writers and everybody involved for making that speech happen in this show because I, I, I want more of that. I really do. But, um, yeah, the, it, it, like you said, it definitely played into, um, part of what one of the themes was in The Last Jedi with, uh, 
a DJ. The DJ, the DJ character played by Benicio del Toro, when he was talking about everything's not black and white, you know, there's a lot of gray in the middle, and both sides do it. It just depends on which side you're seeing it from. Yeah. And, you know, uh, really well done. Uh, really, really enjoyed seeing that coming from uh, Bill Bear's character. Uh, I was going to mention something real quick that I thought I, I totally forgot until just now, but uh, um, my brother on, on Twitter, after I mentioned that whole thing with uh, Operation Cinder, uh, he says, uh, I'm so happy that I like recently played the game or that would have been completely lost on me. And I had mentioned that it didn't matter whether you played the game or not, because like my dad looked at me and said, because I told him that that was an operate that was in the game. He goes, well, I don't think it, uh, it necessarily mattered that you knew about the game or you knew about operation Cinder prior to that scene. Cause you knew that operation operation Cinder was bad since Bill Burr shot a fucking commanding officer in the middle of a <laughs> like, like empire base. And I was like, yeah, like he was like, it was bad. It was clearly very fucking bad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, shot a motherfucker while he was sitting there having a sandwich and a drink. He did it. Oh, yeah, he absolutely deserved <laughs> it, but still. But, uh, yeah, I just, sorry, I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was in my head. was just like, no, I got it. I got, I got the severity of it. <laughs> Somebody needs to make, like, you know, uh, you know, Cell Block Tango from uh, Chicago. Yes, 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 yes. Somebody needs to make a Star Wars Tango. Just like Star Wars character and you know other who they shot or killed, he had it coming. That'd be pretty. It'd be good. funny. I'm sure it's happened, but we haven't found it. Or or Betty, you just you just landed on something fucking great. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if anybody out there listening does this, let us know. I'd love to see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what what were some other things, um, other takeaways from the episodes? What did you think about? the roles that everybody played during this with uh, Boba Fett providing fighter support and uh, Fennec and it was a heist. It was straight up. Yeah. Cara Dune providing sniper support. Oh, I thought it it was, you know, again, a very nail biting episode all around and uh, letting him go at the end was nice. Um, because I was a little disenchanted the past couple episodes, how they have treated people um, in these little operations. And, you know, it, basically they're treating them as expendables, which I, you know, understand they pissed you off to some degree. But where's your fucking humanity, man? I, I don't know. I feel bad for characters when they get treated like shit, when they've been dragged into it. <laughs> yeah. and And being able to see the side of humanity from Mayfield, I think is also allowed for Cara Dune and Din Djarin to see that as well. And they're like, you know what? He's good. Let him go. You know what? Yeah. After what he did here and what he's been through, he's, he's, he's seen enough. He deserves to be let go. Yeah. The way, so the, way nice to see. the way they did that was also really funny. <laughs> Just, Do you okay. think he'll show back up again? Maybe. I hope. Uh, it'd be great. Like the character and Bill Burr fucking are fantastic with it. So. Yeah. 
Hey, I, I'm finally going to have a Bill Bear action figure. I'm just waiting for him to announce a Mayfeld figure any day now. <laughs> he's already said he's been scanned for it. So That's awesome. Uh, one of the small things they did in this episode that I thought was really clever, um, and it kind of goes in line with uh, Pedro Pascal's, you know, no, you know, no peripheral eyeball situation. Um, it's very clear to me that uh, Din is so used to the Baskar armor that he like took a shot or took a hit to the fucking um stormtrooper armor and it just like it like splintered off and he was like in pain after fighting yeah. all those pirates like i love that little like touch it's kind of it's just it's clear that they're that they are caring about what we've seen in the past episodes in regards to how he kind of treats what's going on around him so i'm i i love that little touch yeah, when he got hit, I was just like, oh, that's not your Mando armor. That's <laughs> not going to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen stormtroopers explode. I'm sure that wasn't fine. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so good. But um, yeah, when we go, why don't we go ahead and uh, give our final thoughts and a grade on this episode? All right. Uh, Betty, I will let you go first. Um, I would give it... I would definitely give it an A, maybe an A plus, because again, I think Bill Burr brought something to the table that was very nice. Um, and again, they it was action packed, but also it you got to see other sides of the story that are just peeking through. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. It really uh, grasped my attention when we watched it. So yeah, definitely A A plus. Maya, uh, I, I, I'm going to say I'd give it an A. I uh, don't think it was quite a plus level. Uh, I think you I are biting your nails. <laughs> well, no, I try not to do that. It's a disgusting <laughs> habit. I'm trying to let them, trying to let them grow. You um, <laughs> No, no, but it was. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I, I liked the character development and growth we got to see. I liked, I, I enjoyed seeing everything we got. Solid episode, you know, just because I'm not giving it an A plus doesn't take anything away from it. Uh, absolutely a wonderful episode. This season from the get go, right out of the gate has just been like not letting up. It's that speech that Mando gave at the end to Moff Gideon. You have something and I'm coming, and he mean you, you have no idea how important he is to me, and you're going to find out, oh, wow, that was some, that, actually, yeah, because of that speech, I'll bump it up to an A+, because that was awesome, uh, but yeah, I, I can't believe we didn't even bring that up until just now. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about it. There was a lot in this episode, there was a lot of, like, little touches and stuff that were that were really fun. Um, I'm going to give it an A plus uh, for me. This like, I absolutely love hodgepodge groups of, of people doing a task in a, in a heist fashion. I absolutely adore that. The fact that we got that speech that nobody can deny that there are other perspectives in this universe that, you know, don't care about this war that's happening between characters or between giant, you know, factions. Um, the, the, uh, the ending where Mando got his uh, 
his taken moment. Yeah. Uh, there was absolutely just, uh, there was so much in this episode to love. And um, I, I, I like what, what I think is important to, to keep in mind with this episode, something for me that I, I just couldn't get enough of was uh, Din Djarin's like level of what he's willing to sacrifice to get this done. Um, and that goes completely against his creed, um, but doesn't go against his creed because, you know, he did what needed to be done to save a foundling that he cares about because he himself is a foundling. So there's a lot of nuance in this episode too, that I'm just, I just, it's perfect. So for me, it's an A plus, but this show has not oh, yeah. This show, I don't think I've given this this show. I, each episode, I don't give think I've given anything less than an A. I really don't. So I'm very excited for the season finale, uh, which comes out in two days. Yeah, Misty and I, we usually get up about six o'clock in the morning and watch it every Friday. Dedication. I um, we, we we're excited. We love it. <laughs> yeah. We watched it Saturday night. We usually watch it sometime during the weekend. Um, when uh, my dad and I, because we work Friday mornings, I'll wake up, take my shower, go get coffee, and he's if he's up, I'll be like, watch The Mandalorian so we can talk about it while we work. <laughs> nice. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's cool that you guys do that together in the mornings. Because, yeah, he doesn't have the extensive knowledge that you and I do, Maya. So. so if he has questions about it, that's something that you guys can have additional conversation about during the day. Yep. It's nice. It's nice to Very share. Cool. That is awesome. He and needs to watch the movies, by the way. Like he hasn't watched uh, episode eight and nine. Uh, barely remembers what happens in seven. So I. Uh, he just needs to watch the whole trilogy. Yeah. Every time I tell him to, he's like, I'm, I just, I don't, I'm not doing it yet. <laughs> It's like, why are you? Why? All right. Um. So the other topics that I wanted to bring up today, um. The uh the game awards happened on Thursday. Yeah, uh, both uh, both topics involved, uh, you know, happened on Thursday. So yeah, Thursday yeah. was a major news heavy day. Yeah. Um. So the game awards. Nobody watches the game awards for the awards. No one actually gives a shit. And yeah, I think giving awards in general is really fucking dumb. But, now, uh, to clarify, this is the video game awards that uh, who hosts uh, who who holds these? Jeff now? Jeff Keeley. No, Jeff. no, not who hosted. Who holds it? Like who's the sponsor? It used to be like the Spike TV. Oh, uh, it's not on TV anymore. Um, they they air it on like uh, on their personal channels on Twitch and YouTube, and um, I don't think it. I don't think you can watch it on TV. Okay. I just didn't know, you know, who was the actual organizer of the event sponsored it this, you know, these days. Uh, you know, I, there are ads that play during it, and I think that's what paid for it, but not nobody sponsored it like in that fashion. Um, and I think a lot of that I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Keeley doesn't doesn't have to do that. Like he basically figured out a way to to hold the host or to to host the awards without needing like they, he obviously needs money there's ads that play during like in between like there's still quote-unquote commercial breaks but nothing in that fashion that's like 
brought to you by this company. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's nice in that regard, but here's what kills me. So so I watch the Game Awards because they show trailers for a lot of upcoming games. Like one of the ones that excited me was one called Back for Blood, and it's um, the uh, the company that made a game called Evolve, which I don't know if you remember that game. If either remember that I game. Re- I remember Evolve. Wasn't that essentially like the first uh, of its genre where you have five players and four people are like a team and then there's one like the monster was hunting to kill everybody and it was their job to work together to try to take down the monster? Is that what it was? Yes. I was going to say, it's definitely not the first asymmetrical game, uh, but it is definitely one of the... Earliest one of, the, one of the earliest, and I think probably the most successful that gave that uh genre uh popularity, yeah, yeah. Um, I would argue that one that gave it even more so in that regard is the Friday the 13th game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, but this uh, preceded Friday the 13th by three or four years, yeah. Um that that company, Turtle Rock, uh, they acquired a lot of the uh, team that worked on Left for Dead one and two, uh, and Back for Blood is basically Left for Dead. It's just oh, okay, yeah, just looks different. Uh, so my hope is that cl- when this game closer to gets to, to being released, uh, we're gonna have that multiplayer aspect because one of my favorite things about playing Left for Dead was uh, the multiplayer part where. Uh, four players get to play as the humans, and then four other players get to play as the zombies. Um, what? Oh yeah, like you got to play as the specialized zombies. So the boomer, the hunter, the the um, the charger, the tank. Um, there were a bunch of others, but so you have... Left for Dead has intelligent zombies. Not necessarily. Um, they become intelligent if you're playing multiplayer, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, I've just I never thought anybody be playing a zombie. Uh, the the way that they're played is like if you play as the boomer, you kind of want to strategically place yourself near them because you want to be shot and exploded. Um, or if you explode on somebody, it it covers them and they can't see. Um, the hunter, because uh, you can play with AI too, like they and they you know pounce on you and stuff like that, or um. But it was fun to play as the zombies, uh, these specialized zombies. It was it was just a it was a blast. So I want that again. Oh, that's what I want. Um, the 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 playing against the AI is okay, but that multiplayer was so much fucking fun. So I'm excited about that. But the reason I bring this up is because a game one game of the year that doesn't really deserve game of the year. Uh, Last of Us Two. Uh, the, oh, you don't think it deserves Game of the Year? No, but not because it's a bad game. Because uh, I don't think it's a bad game. The reason I don't think it deserves Game of the Year is because the other nominees, I think, a were better, and b, um, they didn't force crunch on their team. Um, if you don't know what crunch is, I'll, I'll explain. It's basically forcing extended uh, periods of overtime on your employees without paying them. Uh, the um, In the industry, people will talk about crunch a lot, and crunch is something that is 
more or less inevitable to a point, but it all depends on how the, the company handles that crunch. Um, investors want to see these games released on a, on a certain day. They know that the longer it gets delayed, the more that it gets delayed, the less likely they, they'll have to make money off of popularity for it. So studios have to implement crunch. And this really fucking sucks because it's, it's, it's forcing developers to spend literally like do hundred hour work weeks um, with just regular pay, just regular ass pay uh, tons yeah, of developers. They're, they're, they're contracted, you know, they're not, they're not paid an hourly base. It's a contracted salary, I think. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's con yeah. It's contracted salary. So, um, this, this leads to a lot of people being very angry about it winning game of the year. And I think rightfully so in regards to the whole crunch topic, but in something I've tried to point out to a bunch of people, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if you don't give it power. Um, awards don't matter. Why do they not matter? Because they're just awards. What matters is the people playing it. What matters is the sale numbers. When Animal Crossing has 22 million sales, while Last of Us 2 has 4 million, that speaks volumes. It speaks way more volumes to me than fucking the Game Awards Game of the Year. Yeah. And, you know, one of my favorite games that I've played in the past decade is the first last of us but i've not played the last of us part two yet and animal crossing was a day one day one purchase for me so you know uh to me game of the year it, it, i don't take into account that crunch thing you know, I mean, I know it's an issue and there's a lot of game companies that have been accused of it and a lot of them are being rightfully uh, put in their place and treating their workers better uh, when it comes to the developers and programmers and everything like that. And I know Naughty Dog has come under fire because of it. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't... That's been a part of the gaming industry as long as there's been a gaming industry and that is something that I don't feel as fucked up as it is, the practice itself should have any bearing on what constitutes game of the year. Um, it's unfortunate. To me, you know, something that would receive game of the year, it's got to have a compelling story. It's got to have uh, smooth mechanics, you know, no frustrating gameplay from a mechanic standpoint. But, you know, yeah, make it frustrating from a difficulty standpoint, sure, but not from a mechanic standpoint. Uh, I, don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you, but I think I think when, you know, Last of Us 2 gets, you know, direction of the year, <laughs> like, that's bad, because they, they force crunch. Um, okay, that, now that's a completely different thing, though. Sure. I, I still... Here's the thing. The nominees for Game of the Year were a lot better, in my opinion. A lot of the games for Game of the Year were a lot better than Last of Us 2. Well, what were the other games? Uh, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Please. I didn't write it down. 
Uh, oh. Uh, I just like giving Greg a hard time. Well, because the, the point I want, the, the, the reason I brought this up wasn't to talk about who won the awards. The reason I brought this up was because I want people to understand that it doesn't fucking matter who wins this shit. It does not matter. No, it doesn't matter no. who IGN says is game of the year. It doesn't matter who fucking Polygon says is the game of the year. What matters is what the fuck you enjoyed. It, what matters is that you, you in, in a different way, hold these companies accountable. Nobody gives a shit who wins these awards. It doesn't matter if it's the Oscars or it's the Grammys or the fucking Tonys. It doesn't matter. The awards don't amount to shit. It's nine times out of ten, and I hate to break it to you, but the awards are only there and designed in such a way to sell more shit. That's it. Yeah. The only reason we've had this discussion, especially when it was Oscar season. Yeah. The only reason I watch the game awards is for the fucking trailers to new games that I might be interested in. I like the, the primary reason I watched gaming with game awards this year was so I could see the date that fucking fall guys season three came out, (laughs) which was great because they said, Oh, it's the 15th. And we're like, yes. Um, but yeah, it just like that's what I want people to understand. Like, if your game for whatever reason did not win Game of the Year, and you're pissed off because the one that you doesn't that you don't think deserved it did win, stop putting that into stop stop doing that. You're you're putting more credence onto it than it deserves. Straight up. Um. Like Jeff Keeley has said in an interview with with uh, um, Fun, I don't even know who Jeff Keeley is. He's so <laughs> he was. Uh, who did he work for before he did the Game Awards? I don't remember who he worked for, but uh, when he wanted to, t- he basically wanted to make his own thing. So he started doing the Game Awards, and when he first did them, they were a joke, and they they never stopped being a joke for a hot minute because they were produced really poorly. But he learned very quickly that people only tune in because of the, the trailers. So he started contacting companies to put trailers on their on his game awards. And kudos, you know, to 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 that. He's he figured it out pretty quickly. But um, but he said like in in that interview with uh Funhouse, like he doesn't really care about the awards. He doesn't vote on the awards. Like it's a panel of people who work for other gaming um publications but uh publications yeah um it's it's a group of 100 people much like uh much like the academy for the oscars or yeah whatever group votes on the emmys etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know those are all based on the opinions of a handful of people who generally don't even represent the sample size of the people they're claiming to be speaking for yeah yeah so that's all i was getting at was like if like by the way the the nominees were the other nominees other than last of us two were ghost of Tsushima, hades doom eternal animal crossing new horizons and final fantasy 7 remake oh i'm sorry uh final fantasy 7 remake please that was phenomenal I've literally played every single game on that list. I've watched others play every single game on that list. The only one I haven't played myself is Hades. And I can promise you right now that every game on that list, in my opinion, is better than Last of Us 2. And again, I'm not saying that Last of Us 2 is bad. I watched the entire story because it's a horror game and I have trouble playing yeah. it. 
I watched the entire story. It's a good story. I even defended the story to a lot of people. And but I still don't spoiled think it to me yesterday. You I spoiled me. the first like fucking hour. Okay. Yeah, but don't spoil it for anybody else. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> but uh yeah, that that's that's another one. So two of the games that were in that for nominated game of the year were day one downloads, day one purchases for me, Final Fantasy Seven Remake and Animal Crossing. I mean, my God. I spent countless hours when I got Animal Crossing doing everything that there was to do in the game until Final Fantasy Seven came out, and then I spent countless hours doing everything there was possible to fucking do in the game yeah. until what did I play after that? I don't know. Spider Man? <laughs> Finally. I don't know. It just it just it just cracks me up. Like people are just putting so much so much power, like giving the, the game awards more power than they than they deserve because and I say deserve in regards that like I I don't know I don't know if you guys watch any of the award shows that happen every year, but do you guys care about the Oscars? Do you guys care about the Grammys? I do no. not. I don't watch any award shows. And based because on they're like, arbitrary. They're based they're on the opinions of a handful of people. And the, according to these people, this is what we're supposed to appreciate and like more than other things that we actually appreciate and like. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't put much stock in other people's opinions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here okay. we are giving our opinions, but declaring that we don't put much stock of opinions in others. <laughs> I know that's horrible, isn't it? We are like the most yeah. ironic podcast. Again, well, I I'm not out there for an award, you know. I mean, it, the truth is, you either love us or you hate us. I really don't care, you know. I mean, and when it comes to award shows, there are lots of shows out there I love that will never win an award. I don't care. I still yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, that's and that that's I think my point is like I love hearing other people's opinions. I love having that conversation. I hate giving awards. I think awards to me are a way to diminish others' work. They really are. In my in my mind, um, I think that they're naturally unfair. Uh, I I I thought this back in school when people were given awards for like doing homework or <laughs> making it to school. I'm like, the fuck is this garbage? Like, so. I know. I was about to ask: Do all the uh, game companies get a participation trophy for uh, participating in 2020? <laughs> I guess I've. It's I mean, you know, I mean, if you're going to hand out awards, everyone should get participation trophies, just like elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just so strange that, like, like in my mind, the way that you should have handled Last of Us Two being uh, announced as Game of the Year is like, ah, that sucks. And then you, that's it. That's as all I should like. Hey, I'm excited about this game announcement. That's that's it. That's all you should have done. But instead, so many people were just like ready to fucking tear down the house because of it. I'm like, just fucking chill, guys. Just absolutely chill, please. It's COVID. People are <laughs> in their fucking minds. They don't have anything of real interest to I, about, so they're just, they're losing their minds on the internet over stupid shit. I would agree with you uh, for the most part, Betty, if this didn't happen every fucking year. This well, happened every year. Yeah, it's ridiculous, so. But Maybe they should just stop having them and just say, you know what? Here's a showcase. We're going to bring to you some trailers. That's a hundred, like, absolutely. I said, like, I'd just love two hours of just trailers. It'd be great. And yeah, some musical performances. Like, 
whatnot. It's a lot E3, only not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just want everyone to listen, uh, uh, especially Rob from... Uh, <laughs> uh, Syndicate. Yeah, like, I saw your fucking Facebook post. Calm down. It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm, to be fair, Rob's under a lot of stress. <clears throat> and Who's not? Rob, 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 oh yeah, who's not, exactly. Rob's under a lot of stress, and he's very reactionary because of it. But that's, that's, he's yeah, got I a heart of gold. No, but I saw yeah, Rob switch to decaf for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. going to comment, and then I was just like, nah, like I'm just going to let it be and let them, let whoever, like, I'm just going to let them have this conversation, get it out of their system, but... Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I was like, I saw that all fucking week. Just so many people just like, around. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Stop. What trailers did you like? (laughs) You wanted to play. That's when you just go. So anyways. (laughs) So I'm going to do that now. Anyways, so let's move on to the Disney Plus stuff. Um, Then why'd that song from Blues Traveler just pop into my head? But anyways. Now there's harmonicas in my head. Damn it. Uh, I just thought you were gonna say the one that starts off with okay that you know that was a terrible impression. Let's just move on because that was embarrassing as shit. What the uh, fuck? I think you're uh imagine horn who horn is broken. <laughs> Sound like you were trying to diddle a fucking goose. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the song, but oh, fucking A. <laughs> That's amazing. It was probably Runaround. Yeah. Been, yeah. It starts yeah. off with what sounds like a harmonica solo. Yeah. All That's- their songs start off with a harmonica solo. <laughs> Narrow it the fuck down. Uh, it's, it's probably their most popular song. Well, that would be Runaround. Yeah. I'd, I'd pull it up, but I don't want to DCMA if, for whatever reason. All right. So Disney hosted a thing called Investor's Day, which I was like, all right. <laughs> kind of weird to play, place it like that, but I get it. It's they're, they're appealing to their um, investors. Um, and they showed off quite a bit that's coming to both Disney Plus and films. Uh, what's interesting is a lot of these movies are also coming to Disney Plus, whether it be like a day one watch like soul is or premier access, which is $30 to watch it. Like the upcoming movie in February. Um, but they, they announced a lot of Disney plus shows, a lot of Disney plus shows. So I'm going to kind of go over them. We're going to talk about which ones we're excited for and yada, yada, yada. Um, let's start off with, uh, I'd scroll down a little bit here. So we're going to start with the Star Wars stuff or the Marvel stuff? I'm just I'm I'm on their main website and I'm just scrolling down. So, we'll oh. get there. um, so two beloved Disney properties have inspired high-profile entertainment series in development for Disney Plus. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, which is a working title, uh, will star Luke Evans and Josh Gad, and will have new music composed by Disney legend Alan Merkin. Alan Menken. Is this a series? Yes. This will oh, be a- oh. <laughs> I have an idea, Greg. Yeah, what's up? we don't have to hit on every single title. <laughs> I'm, skipping I'm skipping quite a bit. Um, okay, so don't worry about that. That sounds like a horrible idea. And Beauty and the Beast is like 
one of my favorite fairy tales. That sounds horrible. Well, what yeah. I'm thinking, and know, I love the animated movie, but I watched the live action movie. The live action movie did add a few things in it from the book that weren't in the animated movie. But guess what? It sucked compared to the animated movie. I, I know. I don't disagree that the that Disney or that Beauty and the Beast sucked. I what what I'm what I think's interesting about this is they said Luke Evans and Josh Gad, which means it'll be about Gaston. What? <laughs> like that's well, you know nobody can do anything like Gaston. I know. Uh wrong their own series like Gaston. I don't remember the horrible series that was out in the I think 90s maybe 80s that was Beauty and the Beast it had the chick yeah. from uh, Terminal yeah, Linda, Linda Hamilton and yeah. uh, Ron Perlman yeah. yeah yeah I remember I used to watch that all the time I, I I don't know what what they're going for with Disney but that's the first thing that pops in my head when I hear a series called Beauty and the Beast I'm like no <laughs> when, that, when that show comes out I definitely want us to at least review the first episode <laughs> just to see where it stands but um, another show they have coming out is uh, it says Ron Moore and I don't know who Ron Moore is not the comedian and John M., John M. Chu will reimagine the classic fist Swiss Family Robinson uh, additionally, the studio is developing Percy Jackson and the Olympians based on the best-selling book series. I can get at that. I, I, I hope they kind of start it from scratch and tell the, like, the entire series of books, but we'll see. Yeah. That would be cool, because they did try that a couple years back, wasn't it? About 10 years ago, they tried to make a movie. Yeah, and it, it did fairly well. It wasn't. I've watched the first one. It wasn't bad, but... Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Yeah, it was funny because uh, Andy, uh, the guy we play Fall Guys with, he was telling me how his son Zach has been reading all of the uh, Percy Jackson books, and they watched the first movie, and <laughs> Zach had his first. This isn't like the book. I kind of hate it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I tried a good laugh at. I was like, well, he'll get there quite a bit. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Um, so here are four live action shows they have coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Mighty Ducks, The Game Changers, which picks up where the films left off. Emilio Estevez returns as Gordon Bombay. No. <laughs> Turner and Hooch, starring Josh Peck and a Mastiff. Uh, Big Shot, and it's a celebration of girl power set in the world of high school basketball, starring John Stamos, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jeslyn Jilsing. Or Jilsig. Uh, and The Mysterious Benedict Society, based on the best-selling uh, book series starring Tony Hale and Christian Shaw. Uh, I'm interested I like, in... I like Tony Hale and Christian Shaw, but... I mean... Huh. I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm not excited. I'm interested. I want to know where... Like, I want to know more about that show. I do want to know more about that, but some of the other ones... What the... <laughs> I, I don't get the Mighty Ducks thing. Like, it, it, Disney is clearly trying to build off of nostalgia. Um, I mean, I enjoyed the Mighty Duck movies. You know, they're a guilty pleasure. All three of them, even the one where they went to private school. Yeah. All three of them. I will, I, I will still watch them from time to time if they're on. I'm flipping through. It's like, oh, let's watch the Mighty Ducks. Why not? But, yeah, series now? Picking up where the movies left off, like okay, twenty five years after the movies left off, is everybody 
Well, Sean Weiss, you know, he needs a job. Pay for his math, I guess. Um, you know, that was the guy that played Goldberg. Yeah. Who's going to be... Who are they going to cast in Turner and Hooch? Um, you said Josh Peck? Yeah, Josh Peck, yeah. Mm, I just don't see this going well. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, here's the thing, and I want to point this out. Um, I was skeptical on... Uh, the the uh, the show that brought back Karate Kid, but everybody seems to fucking love it. So yeah, you're wrong, Greg. Everybody else loves it. I didn't say it's okay I, to be wrong. I would I, I was right in my point though that everybody was skeptical. Now everybody loves it. That's my point. Regardless uh, of my opinion, well, on the show. I was excited. Yep, I haven't watched it. I have no desire. I don't like it. I think it should be silly and comedic and over the top. Nope. Nobody agrees with me. Nope. Um, yeah, big shot. I don't know. I, I, it, like, it could be good. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, they have a bunch of shows coming to um, National Geographic or that side of Disney Plus. Um, apparently, there's a documentary called Cousteau. Uh, Documentary series, Secrets of the Whales, A Real Bug's Life, and America the Beautiful. Uh, a bunch of stuff they're pu putting on uh, Hulu. A um, couple exciting ones for me is uh, uh, Why the Last Man. I think I don't know if I've talked about that comic before. Yeah, now that that is one I'm definitely looking forward to. It's been in development hell for years now. Yeah. But... Here in the past couple of years, it's finally picking up some steam. Yeah, apparently they're going to make that into a show for FX, or at least the side of FX that Hulu's on. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, there's, uh, let's see, da, 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 da. show called Only Murders in the Building, which reunites two comedy icons, Steve Martin and Martin Short, who will be joined by Selena Gomez. Okay. Interested in that. Uh, the Dropout, which tells the story of a con artist that captured the world. Um, Elizabeth Holmes plays, uh, played by Kate McKinnon. Okay. Um, and Dope Sick, a new, a new drama series inspired by the true events with a cast that include Michael Keaton, Peter Sarsgaard, and Rosario Dawson. So. Tells me nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, right, we've got actors. <laughs> Although the stars kind of interest me, like I'm, I'm kind of fascinated where that's going. One that I think is interesting that I don't, I don't quite understand. I haven't watched the show, so I don't know where it could go. But it was announced today that the, ahead of an eagerly anticipated uh, four season season four premiere, Hulu's award winning hit series The Handmaid's Tale has been renewed for a fifth season. Fuck yeah! So I, again, I thought the show ended. I thought it had an ending, but I guess not. Oh no, it has not ended. You haven't watched it. No, I'd, I'd want to. I do want to. Oh my god, the show's amazing. Um, I heard the book's just as good too. Oh yeah, and you know this isn't the first time that The Handmaid's Tale has been on the screen. Uh, the first time they did it as a movie, I think. But yeah, there is so. It's terrifying to watch that show as a woman. Oh, I don't uh, doubt it. I don't doubt yeah, it. Yeah, because you know we're not 
too far removed from possibly seeing something like that. It's right. yeah, it's definitely a good show. I would recommend anybody watch that. Um, yeah, I've been told by many people to check it out. So I think uh, Misty and I might start watching it uh, after we wrap up finishing up Preacher. We're finally finishing that up. No, that was so good. Like to hear your opinion on that when you're done. Well, um, we're uh, we're three episodes into season four, so. Be so I'm gonna move on, three I'm gonna move on to move on to the Lucasfilm stuff, um, because it's a lot, not just Star Wars either. So get prepared for that. Uh, Investors Day 2020 is the way to hustle. New feature films destined to expand the Star Wars galaxy like never before. Among the projects for Disney Plus are Obi-Wan Kenobi, starring Ian McGregor and Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Interested in that. Don't know where that's going, but... It's, uh, a, it's a limited series. It's only going to be six episodes. And it's uh, set. It's focusing on Obi-Wan after he went into exile on Tatooine while he's watching over Luke from afar. Uh, it's going to be set in that period. I assumed as much, um, but I also assumed that there wasn't any interaction between Obi Wan and Anakin after Episode Three. So well, that's but, what we've always been led to believe. But right, right, and it could be you know maybe he's been hired on. Maybe he's going to be doing flashbacks, uh, and they might be in flashback scenes together, de-aging a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I think Ian McGregor was a fantastic Obi-Wan. But, yeah. Um, uh, and then two series set in the Mandalorian era from John Favreau and Dave Filoni, Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka. Obviously, Rosario Dawson will be Ahsoka for that series. Yep, she's getting her own show, and I'm looking forward to that. Still have no idea what the fucking Rangers of the New Republic is, but... I think it's going to be about those two fighter pilots. That we've seen the two X-wing pilots that we've seen in this season of The Mandalorian. Watch it be about them. I, I hope it is kind of about them, and they're just like they've put together a team. Like it's a, it's more about the team that they put together than it is about them. Is what they I'm go hoping. from planet to planet and make sure that all the national parks are following safety regulations. <laughs> there you go. Um. So uh, additionally, there are some sh- there are uh, five more shows that they have. Is it five or six? Whatever. So there's Andor, which is the it's about the the one of the characters from um, yeah, Cassie Rogue Andor. One. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that's about. Uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, which is about a group of clones from Episode Two slash Clone Wars TV show, and it's animated like the TV show. Um, uh, they're basically like I, they're, they're they're a bunch of clones that that refuse to go with Order sixty six, um, which is what killed all the Jedi, kind of. Anyway, uh, so that'll be fun. I know a lot of people who love the Clone Wars TV show are excited about that. Yeah, uh, Star Wars Visions. No fucking clue what that's about. They didn't say uh, it it's going. It's supposed to be something like a uh, Love, Death, and Robots, uh, various animated shorts, uh, oh. in that kind of style with like an different director. Yeah, an anthology show. Yeah, I'm okay. If that's the case, then yes, please. Um, Lando, which is about Lando Carissian, 
um, and I believe it takes place before, um, like in between Solo and, like basically him becoming. Uh, I want to see. I would love to see, and a lot of people have said this too. Him being portrayed by Donald Glover, but being narrated by Billy D. Oh, that would be awesome. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. Um, the other show is The Acolyte. Don't know what that's about. Uh, set, it's set in the High Republic era. Uh, that, ah. that new stuff that they started doing earlier this year in the summer. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be set in that era. Okay, cool. Cool. And then uh, the one show nobody fucking asked for, A Droid Story. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Back in 1985, there was a cartoon <laughs> called Droids. And it focused on R2-D2 and C-3PO. But nobody else that you had ever seen before, except for Boba Fett, he made an appearance. Um, and their wacky adventures. It, so, was, it, was, it was good for kids, but I, I know that most adults were like, this is garbage. I tell you what, uh, it came out, I was... Was it 84 or 85? It may have been in 84 and 85. I was 8 slash 9. I fucking hated it. So oh, really? It was, good for, it was good for kids younger than me. I've watched it as an adult, and it's really bad. But Oh, yeah. Uh, not as bad as the Christmas special. <laughs> That'll always be the worst Star Wars thing, and slash my, one of my favorite things. Oh, it's absolutely wretched. Because I'm a sociopath. Um. Uh, and then, and then to go away from Star Wars, they have a. Uh, they're gonna make. Oh, a you didn't. Was that? Uh, there's still more Star Wars stuff. They're 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 uh, they're making a Rogue Squadron movie. Oh, that is on here. It's down below. It's. Below. Oh, yeah, okay. It. Uh, the rest of the stuff they have on here says the studio is also revisiting Willow in a new mm-hmm. series with Warwick Davis returning as the title role. Um, Betty, did you like Willow? Yeah, I did. It's coming back as a series. Yeah, (laughs) that'll be interesting. It will be. Willow of good, all grown up. But because that movie, that movie is not great. It really is. It's not a great movie. It's a fun, wonderful fantasy film. Fuck you. I love that movie. Um, (laughs) but no, I mean, it's not, it's not. And it's not an award-worthy film. <sighs> well, I think the problem um, with it is that, and, and again, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Like George Lucas, fucking sucks at making movies. He just does. And <clears throat> he didn't make the movie, dude. But he was like right fucking behind. Um, what's his name? It was Ron Howard that directed it? Yeah, watch the behind the scenes of that movie. Like watch. Well, he, was probably, he was probably he was probably up Ron's ass because I don't know if Ron had directed anything before that or not. But I don't believe so. So yeah, he was up his ass the entire fucking time. But yeah, I, I always love that movie. But yeah, this is set in the apparently the magic that Willow's people can use is the Force. It's set in a Star Wars universe. What? Yes. <clears throat> I. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I what? <laughs> yep, that's that's what they were saying the other day. Oh my god. Anyway, so moving on. Uh Jesus. Willow is a Jedi. You're gonna have to get used to it. Well, that. the fucking story of Willow is just Star Wars. 
It's set yeah, in medieval really fantasy land. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, um, Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman, uh, she's coming to direct a film called Rogue Squadron, which, yes. which will apparently come out in the end at the end of 2023. So, good lord, that's a while away, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Patty Jenkins clearly fucking, she can, she can direct a goddamn movie. Uh, cause arguably out of the DC fucking movies, um, Wonder Woman is the best one. Hands down. You can argue with me until you're blue in the face, everybody, but that movie's the best one. It's really good. Um, yeah, so her directing a Rogue Squadron movie is going to be fun. And I always uh, liked the Rogue Squadron books back in the day. Yeah. The, the also the games were fun. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Um it was also announced that uh the next installment of Indiana Jones will be directed by James Mangold. I don't know who that is exactly, but yeah, they got Indiana Jones coming back. Um a new Star Wars feature film written and directed by Taika Waititi called Oh no, it's not What? Here's what it reads exactly here. A Star Wars feature film by writer-directed Taika Waititi and Children of Blood and Bone. Okay, so it's just... Okay, so those are two separate things. So the second... The, the last thing on this list from Lucasfilm is Children of Blood and, Blood and Bone based on Tommy... Uh, I can't pronounce that last name. Adayami's uh, best-selling novel will be made by Lucasfilm. So James getting- Mangold, by the way... Yeah. I mean, he did the Logan movie. Oh, okay. He's also done other great films. Uh, Copland. Ooh. Uh, 310 to Yuma. Okay. All right. So he's, I'm he's, I, I love his take on, fucking, on Indiana Jones then. I'd love to see that. Uh. Yeah, so we're getting quite a bit from from Lucasfilm outside of Star Wars, which is it is interesting. I, like, and the thing is, is we will try to watch and and review a lot of these shows that they've announced, just because that's what we do, folks. And I'm kind of I'm kind of really liking with our current, you know, world status right now that we watch like an episode, uh, a review, an episode, uh, um, uh, an episode, an episode, an episode. There we go. That sounds right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, do you smell burning toast? No, but copper. I do smell copper. Oh, okay. Uh, so the t- next slate is okay uh, what? I said, Betty, are you okay over there? Oh yeah, I'm just listening. <laughs> uh, so the next slate is from Disney Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Productions. So we're going to have a uh, Hocus Pocus two. Um, directed by Adam Shankman. I don't know if he did the original, but I don't think he did. I don't know, but I know that's been in a rumor for a long time, and I know people have absolutely gone ape shit over it. Yeah. And I've never seen the original, so. Oh, it's so much fun. It's silly. It's really silly, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I was expecting to get crucified for not having seen it just now. I, dude, I, I like, I like to give you shit for not seeing other movies or of the TV shows, but I'm not, I'm never serious about crucifying you. Like, 
I know. I was saying it as a joke. I was just surprised that both of you weren't just piling it on right now that I haven't seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I've come to expect it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Um, I've come to expect to be disappointed in you. You know. (laughs) It's, It's in your nature to be a disappointing something. So they're doing three reboots, three live-action reboots. The first one is Three Men and a Baby, starring Zac Efron. Oh, Oh, fucking God. (laughs) The next one is Cheaper by the Dozen, starring Kendra Barris and Gabrielle Union. Oh, fuck, no. And the last one is um, a new Sister Act movie starring Whoopi Goldberg and produced by Tyler Perry. Oh, fuck. Look. (laughs) <laughs> those are three things uh, that i do not care about <laughs> no no let's 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 save some other stuff because you know god that's killing me oh that's um killing me. Uh, there's a shit ton of marvel stuff we could be here another hour talking about I'm, it. I'm moving on i'm moving on i'm just going forward like i'm just going to keep reading it so they have a chippendales rescue rangers hybrid live action with animation stuff with john mulaney and andy sandberg uh, Pinocchio, starring, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis and starring Tom Hanks. Uh, Actually, Peter, I've seen the trailer for that live-action Pinocchio, and it, Pinocchio, when I was a kid, scared the motherfucking hell out of me. <laughs> when I was three years old, I watched Pinocchio, and when him and those other boys were shooting pool and smoking cigars and drinking beer, and then they turned into jackasses, <laughs> I was petrified that if I did anything wrong, I would turn into a jackass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was traumatized by that shit for a couple of years. I've never watched Pinocchio again in my life because of that shit. It That's, fucked with me. I get it. I do get it. Uh, we got Peter Pan and Wendy starring Jude Law as Captain Hook and Yara Shada- Shahidi as Tinkerbell. Uh, Disenchanted, a sequel to the hit film Enchanted with Amy Adams returning as Giselle. Oh, I like um, that. A couple, uh, let's see, uh, Greek Freak, which is about basketball stuff. Um, they're going to be making a, a series based on Dire the Wimpy Kid, Ice Age, Adventures of Buck Wild, uh, starring Simon Pegg, and A New Night at the Museum. Um, they're gonna- uh, I can get down with a Wimpy Kid series. I really enjoyed the movies, at least the first two. Yeah. Uh, they also had previews of, of such things as Jungle Cruise, Cruella, a prequel to The Lion King, the live-action version, quote-unquote live-action, and The Little Mermaid. Was was the prequel to the fucking, oh, Mufasa, and what was his, his what was... Uh, Gar? No. Simba? What was his mo- Simba's mom's name? Nala? She had a name? No, no, Nala. Nala was his, Nala was his friend. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, see, it's going to be the (laughs) anyway. So they're also going to have Raya and the last dragon, which will debut on Disney plus premiere, which is $30 um, on January and March of next year. Um, I won't be doing that because I don't, I don't see the point doing that. Um, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is working on the music for an upcoming feature film called Encanto, which I totally will watch. Um, it doesn't really say what it's about in this thing, but um, you can find the information online. But that's supposed to come out in November. Uh, we also learned uh, the first ever 
WDAS produced animated series. I'm not sure what that means exactly. Oh, Walt Disney Animated Studios. Jesus Christ. Um, these new titles are Baymax, Zootopia Plus, Tiana, Moana, and I- Iwaju. Uh, the great thing also Baymax. about Tiana. Baymax from Big Hero 6. Yeah, there's going to be a show based on him. Um, oh, but Tiana, the thing about Tiana that I wanted to bring up was that they're going to be removing all of the um, Song of the South uh, iconography from the ride at Disneyland, uh, Matterhorn, and putting and replacing it all with Tiana. Well, that's good. Yeah, so, uh, The next Pixar movie is called Turning Red, which is uh, about a little girl who, when she gets mad, she turns into a giant red panda. Wow. Well, that'll be fun. That's a um, problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Uh, Win or Lose, which is uh, uh, the first ever animated series by, by Pixar, uh, which is about a, soft, uh, a middle school softball team in the week leading up to the championship game. Uh, and each episode is told from a p- different perspective of a different character. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we have um, a show called Lightyear coming out, which will be uh, about the origin story of Buzz Lightyear. That's not about the toy. And uh, Chris Evans is doing the voice of Buzz Lightyear. So that I'm, I'm very interested in that. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's about Buzz Lightyear, but it's not about the toy. What do you mean? The character that he's the toy is based on. Oh, they, okay. They made it like a series and stuff like that. Just like, you know, Woody had his own series. The okay. yeah. Um, there's another film called Luca, which is coming out next summer. Um, and it's about a boy named Luca and his best friend Alberto and their unforgettable summer. Uh, they also have a couple series called Inside Pixar, which. Uh, whatever Pixar popcorn. Don't know what that is. Doug days, which is about Doug from the show, from the movie up and one called just cars, which is about Mater and uh, lightning McQueen going across the country and visiting different people. Oh dear God. No. And then of course on, on Christmas day, we have soul and the short Boro, which will come out on Disney plus at no additional cost. Um, and now we move on to the Marvel stuff. Cause we're going long in the tooth here on this episode. Um, so a few things that they announced immediately was a new series for Disney Plus called Secret Invasion, starring Sam Jackson. Which, if you know what Secret Invasion is from the comics, it's about the um, is it the scroll posing as heroes? Yeah, it was the scroll posing as heroes, and a lot of heroes were getting wiped out. Uh, like one of the most significant deaths and shocking deaths at the time was Hawkeye, uh, and then when Hawkeye came back, he was Ronan. But turned out the Hawkeye that died was a scroll. Uh, wasn't a wonderful comic storyline, but I'm interested to see what they can do with it. Yeah, especially. it'll be, it'll be yeah. good. Uh, they also have Ironheart, which will star Dominique Thorne as the genius inventor Riri Williams. Uh, she's basically like she takes over for Iron Man. She literally has her own Iron Man suit, and she calls herself Ironheart. Yeah, and I th- I think it would be cool if if. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. We're going to be sticking around in any capacity for him to be an AI for her suit. That would be cool. Oh, that would be rad. That would be because really that's cool. how it was in the comics. Yeah. Um, and then Iron Wars, starring Don Cheadle as uh, James Rhodes, aka War Machine, who faces Tony Stark's worst fears. Which that is literally like a, a massive superpower gaining the ability to make Iron Man suits, essentially. So it's like an army of Iron Man and not good. 
Uh, the other stuff that they announced was the show WandaVision, which actually comes out next month. Next month, yeah. I was like, does it come out next month? I'm looking uh, forward to that. Yeah. Uh, a trailer for that would that had a second trailer by the way. A trailer for the ca- the Falcon and Winter Soldier was looks like a lot of fun. Um, trailer for Loki. Trailer for Loki, which is going to be very interesting because he's going to be dealing with alternate realities. It looks like, which I'm ex- very excited about. And uh, a series called What If, uh, which is an animated series about basically what if different things happened in the MCU. Like one of the first episodes will be what if. Um, Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, another one is like, what if Yondu picked up Chitala instead of Peter Quill? So, uh, Chitala becomes Star Lord essentially. Um, but there was a lot of stuff in that trailer that I was just like, oh, we get like, we get to see a fucking zombie Captain America. Like, that's fucking amazing. So, I'm very excited about that. Um, we're getting, they're going to be making a Miss Marvel show, which we've known about for a while. They showed a little bit about that. Uh, Hawkeye, which I'm excited about because apparently the main character is, is, is Hawkeye's daughter and not Hawkeye himself. Yeah. Um, we're going to get the She-Hulk show, which is starring uh, Tatiana Masa- uh, Maslani, which if you don't know who she is, there's a show where she played, um, I can't remember the title of it, but she played a bunch of clones of herself. Um, this woman is a phenomenal actress. Orphan Phen- Black? Yes, Orphan Black. Thank you. Jesus, I could not remember the name of the show. Whew. Yeah, so because of that because of her role in Orphan Black, like the second she was announced as uh, like for the title role of She-Hulk, like I was very fucking excited about. It. I was like, yeah, that was perfect casting. Yeah. But uh Mark Ruffalo and Tim Roth will also star in that. Um Tim Roth? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, the abomination. I know uh, what that means. <laughs> uh, we're getting a, a Moon Knight show, which is interesting. I wonder how the like people will respond to that show. Um, uh, we're getting a a special called Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which will be like a Disney Plus movie. Um, and it's not the it's not the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie either. So. Uh, and then a, a series of, of animated shorts called I Am Groot, which is about Groot as a baby tree. So that'll be fun. Um, and the movies that we're going to be getting are, and I'm just going to list them off in rapid succession, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, which is the third movie, Fantastic Ooh. Four. We're finally getting Fantastic Four in the MCU. Oh, um, and then they basically confirmed a lot of the movies they've already said. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, Blade, Captain Marvel 2, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I think that's... Yeah, those are, those are the Phase 5 movies? Phase 4 and 5, I think. Oh, Phase... I thought, I thought Endgame was the end of Phase 4. I thought that was into phase three. No. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they but basically yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of stuff. So we'll, we'll, likely, we'll likely be reviewing a lot of these shows. Um, uh, maybe Over not the every. next couple of years. Yeah. The, a lot, all of this was slated to come out all the way to the end of 2023. So um, we have time. 
a lot of time. But yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I think was really funny in that, like the fucking the remakes of like Turner and Hooch or Three Men and a Baby. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, there's some things that just don't need to be brought back. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. I feel like nobody has a unique idea anymore. <laughs> no. No. I mean, that's why I like, like, the stuff that excites me the most is um, Turning Red, the girl that turns into a giant panda, and uh, the, um, like, soul coming out that on, on, on Christmas Day. Like, I'm really excited about those. Like, Pixar always brings something new to the table, and I love that. Yeah, and, you know, the shows that you mentioned that are new are the ones that I'm excited for outside of um, Disenchanted. And that's a continuation of a story. It's not yeah. a remake. So, right. so you know, it's, if you can continue a story or something like that, it's one thing. But you ne- you didn't have to bring back Turner and fucking Hooch, man. You just <laughs> didn't. You didn't. Nobody asked for that. Nobody asked yeah. for that. <laughs> I don't get Disney's, like, like absolute fascination with having um, – these live action remakes of animated shows, like they're not good. They've never been good. Every single one they've come out with sucks. I remember when Mulan came out and everyone's like, Oh, this is real bad. So I don't, have you watched it? I watched it this weekend and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. You know, I I haven't seen it myself. I've just seen a lot of people say their opinion about it and it wasn't very well received. It, well, you know, I kept waiting for somebody to start singing, and they never did. It's like, what is wrong with this Disney movie? <laughs> so they just went balls out, made nothing but a totally serious movie. Well, there is a fake. Well, I shouldn't say fake. There is a um, phoenix in it that appears occasionally because we don't have our little um, Eddie Murphy dragon dude. Uh, so, but again, it has no real play with the story is basically, you know, young girl gets herself conscripted into the army to save her own dad. And then she saves the day. It's like Joan of Arc, but nobody dies at the end of it for heresy, you know? (laughs) Gotcha. And again, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It's just not something I'm going to be like, oh my God, you've got to see Mulan. No, you don't. You're not making anything. If I if I'm gonna watch Mulan, I'll watch the animated show. I know the actual story of Mulan. I know the historical version. I don't like. I don't need to see this live action one that's not historical. I'll watch the one with music. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people get really upset about Disney films, you know, like Mulan and uh, Pocahontas. It's not real. We know it's not real. That's the whole point of the fucking movie. It's fantasy. Yeah. You know, Nobody thinks there were fucking talking trees until white people came to America. You know, I mean, I just what are y'all upset about? I mean, don't take life so seriously. Yeah, that's pretty funny. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. This episode's what, an hour and a half? Almost two hours? No? Uh, a little over an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um. Guys, check out uh, like we're gonna what we're we've gonna watch. Been, we've been sitting here though for like four hours though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to uh, review 
next week, the finale of Mandalorian, which we're very excited about. Um, episode one of The Stand on CBS All Access. Uh, I know that Betty is extremely excited about that. Is I'm that interested. Am? I'm interested. Um, and a documentary that that Maya has already watched called Hillbilly on Hulu that we that that we're going to review. Excited about that one as well. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, so, it took place made by a girl from here live that grew up an hour from here, and some of this takes place just right over the mountain from me. So. And places I've been in or in it. It's weird. Yeah, it's the story <laughs> of our people. I'm very curious to see it. This is the song of our people. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, so yeah, check out those. Uh, join us next week for that. Uh, make sure you follow all the socials, which are listed below. Uh, follow our new Twitch channel, which we'll go live on eventually. But, um, yeah, that's uh, uh, it's, uh, go to twitch.tv slash all underscore cute underscore up. Also, new merchandise store. We have a new shop set up on Teespring uh, with our lovely artwork that was done by Mr. William Fong and our logo that we had designed by my friend Amber. Uh, the three of us in our animated form on the front of the shirt, logo on the back. We also have coffee mugs and a couple of other items. So go get you some cool stuff. Uh, very excited about the new merch. I need to get it myself a mug. But yeah, that's uh, that's it for uh, for next week. Um, Maya, where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name. Um, it's it's you know it's easy. But if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, it's a public profile. They're linked. You can follow me there. Uh, other shows you can catch me on. You can find me on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on a show called Figure Banging. And every night, every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern on Nerdloft Syndicate. And that's me. Betty, what about you? Um, you can find me <laughs> ignoring my phone at the moment because I can't keep <laughs> there. <laughs> um, you can find me at uh, Bright Betty on Twitter and uh, Betty Badger Ogletree on Facebook and otherwise just in my house. So <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, you can find me all yeah. social. Chub Rock Geek. I don't know why I did that. Uh, I say it every week. Yeah. All socials. Chub Rock Geek. Um, I posted a new video to TikTok, <laughs> and it's me being high and uh, doing something very stupid. <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, just, yeah, search Tub Rock Geek and you'll find me. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you all being here. Make sure you check out all those things so you can join us next week and, and hear our opinions. If you have any opinions yourself, let us know on all, on our socials. We'll love to interact with you. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. We'd that's love it. to tell you how you're wrong. No. <laughs> I mean, I we love, love to hear, we, we love to hear you tell us how wrong Greg is. Yeah, yeah. that's, that is nice. Uh, but yeah, guys, love you. Go watch the, um, make sure you go watch the Star Wars Holiday Christmas Special. It's fantastic. Uh, people disagree with me, but uh, when you see an old Wookiee have to put on a VR headset for porn, it's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> I wish I was joking. It's, I legit wish I was joking. <laughs> it's horrible. Don't, don't watch it's it. It's fantastic and it's horribleness. <laughs> Worst so hour you could spend. Oh, it's longer than an hour. <laughs> Well, without yeah. commercials. True, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, guys, 
We'll see you next. We'll see you next week. Peace, love, and polypops. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>